We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you for joining me today. I have a really interesting guest that I'm really excited to introduce you to, and this is one of our friends from Focus on the Family. This is Erin Smalley, and as a counselor and a speaker, she's a mother of four, Um, She offers all kinds of insights and messages uh, for young girls and what the messages that young girls receive from the media and what messages we would prefer that they have. And so she is in the marriage um, and women's department for Focus on the Family as well as parenting and does a lot of the program uh, managing and um, creates a lot of the the media and a lot of the content. And so, Erin, thank you all the way from Colorado Springs for joining us today. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. I'm glad to have you. Now, you also have a master's degree in clinical psychology, and you are a nurse in labor and delivery? Yes. I originally um, was a, a nurse, a labor and delivery nurse, graduated from Grand Canyon University. Ah, uh, yay, there. Arizona. I, <laughs> yes, love Arizona. I grew up there. And then once I was a nurse, I realized that really what I loved was talking to women and talking to them about the stressors that were currently going on and I ended up going back. My husband was getting his doctorate in psychology and ended up going back when I had two little girls to a nighttime master's program um, at Evangel University in Springfield, Missouri. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot to do. Yes, it was. I couldn't do it today because, you know, crazy schedules with kids. Right, right. Back then, Greg was able to come home in the evening, and we had tag team, and we'd, you know, give each other a high five, and off I would go, and he would head to the local... uh, Shoney's restaurant, which had a food bar, and apparently right. they ate there quite um, <laughs> quite frequently. <laughs> That's great. That's amazing. So you grew up in Arizona. Now, your father is also in um, the whole psychology mass, uh, counseling arena. Yes, my father-in-law, actually. My husband's dad, Gary Smalley, oh, is, got is it. one of the um, gurus of marriage and family. He is. Really was, a, was way before... So much had come out. He was really the first one talking about relationships and the importance of relationships and, you know, how really to in the, in the Christian arena. He really was the first one yeah, to really, really talk was. about this. He really was. That's amazing. So his son, your husband is a psychologist and you also are in psychology. Yes. Yes. Wow. So you should have an excellently managing, focused, very healthy home. Of course. <laughs> With no problems, my, my kids will. No you know, problems. They always, they always say that 
you know, kids coming from psychologist homes seem to have more issues. I hope that is not the truth for <laughs> See, our home. <laughs> this is what I like to say. I say they don't have more issues. It's that we're aware of them. Yes, we are very, so, they, yes. have, they have gained some really great skills from being in our home, I'd like to think. Absolutely. And that, that that will carry with them into their marriages and their relationships. Well, it's very, you know, it's very painful. I think when, when those of us that are in psychology, we, I think sometimes the more we know, the more it hurts. You know, it's that, that Ecclesiastes verse that says, with much knowledge comes much sorrow. Mm. And um, I love that verse because, you know, it is wonderful to know so much and to be able to help so much and understand things. And, you know, the more understanding, many times the greater our grace can be with people. But at the same time, the more I know, I, you know, I, I look at television and the songs on the radio and, and billboards. And, and I just think people do not understand what they're doing. They don't understand what's happening. No, they don't. And also the choices they're making, how it's impacting them as individuals, and also their future relationships, their future marriage, possibly, and, you know, in their family. I mean, there are, there are great impacts of the choices that are being made. I, I think the ripple effect we are feeling, and, and I tell people often, I say, you know, it isn't just an A plus B equals C. It's like, you know, you started this choice process a long time ago, and now you've landed here, and you think it can just be fixed today, when actually this is a culmination of a whole lot of life choices. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes I, I believe it starts, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, when they start making choices in dating and relationships and you know, maybe the parents aren't stepping in and conversing with them about it and helping them identify what's going on. And it impacts their heart is what I see. And a hardened heart, it talks a lot in Scripture about a hardened heart. I think it talks about a hard heart 36 times in Scripture. And a hard heart comes to ruin. And the impact begins early on. I think that's probably maybe where we could start today because, you know, I'm really interested in the whole idea of what you've seen happen, you know, like Miley Cyrus is just a great um, icon for us to, to look at what's going on in our society. And your focus is really with um, marriage and family and parenting and young girls. And so tell me and tell the listeners what you're seeing with this whole wave of young girls and what they're, what they're being, you know, inundated with. You know, well, you look at what our culture, um, there's so much within our culture. It's just, you know, absolutely, you know, um, just, want with images and messages about women and sexuality and it really is is disturbing when we step back because you know you get desensitized to it really you begin to believe that this is the new normal when really we get to choose how we interact with our culture and as raising young girls I have a a 21 year old daughter and an 18 year old daughter and a 14-year-old son and an 8-year-old daughter. Wow. And just watching even the differences between the world today with my 8-year-old daughter versus the world, you know, uh, with my 21-year-old daughter. But they've had to face some things. And I tell them a lot of times, I'm so sorry. This is what you're up against because it you have to take a stand. Either, either you're going to be in the world and, you know, of the world, or you can step out and, and interact with the world in a different way. I think that's really powerful. And I, I think it's hard to make it practical for parents because, you know, when we talk about the new norm, I, I'm starting to say, no, this is not the new normal. This is the new abnormal. 
Exactly. We've lost track of normal mm-hmm. and average. And so we keep trying, you know, the enemy comes in like a flood and wants to just rewrite normal and average human behavior and what actually works for humans. And he wants to, you know, the enemy is like constantly lying about what really works. And it's that Proverbs verse that says, you know, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end leads to death. Yes. And and so a lot of what we're doing is leading to death on all kinds of levels. Yes. And I think the greatest impact, I mean, physically, there's an impact on our bodies when you're, you know, possibly pursuing multiple sexual partners or doing drugs or, you know, drinking, binge drinking, whatever it is, you know, it does impact our bodies physically. But I think the the greater impact is our hearts and their hearts. These girls' hearts are being, you know, riddled with lies from the enemy and, you know, the shame and the guilt. I read a research article as actually in the Wall Street Journal that talked about that, you know, this whole hookup culture in the college age um, and on university campuses is often led by females, that they are not wanting to commit and be in a committed relationship because they have too many other things they're focusing their time on, right. but yet they're wanting to hook up. But yet they all reported, every single one they interviewed, reported that they did not feel good about themselves after the fact. Well, I think that's the the really the point that nobody wants to talk about is the difference between men and women. And I say to women all the time, intellectually, you can pull it off, but you are not hardwired that way. You will never feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. Men are very different. And I'm not saying it's like they're more immoral or something. It's just they are hardwired differently. You know, we never hear when we talk about college campuses and unwanted gestures and touching and sexual advances and, and any of these like hurtful things that women, that, that we have a plethora of reporting on college campuses. We don't ever hear men report that they got unwanted gestures or right. touching right. Or, 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 you know, anybody like pressuring them. And so we, we really refuse, and I don't know if this is the, the feminism, the roots of feminism, refuse to let it be different between men and women, that men don't struggle with sexuality the way that women do. Because for us, I mean, we there's not a separation between our our actions and our heart. Right. It's just, it, and like you're saying, it's not that's a that, great way to say that. You know, men are some you know sexually perverse. You know, it's just different that our choices impact us emotionally so much more, and we're so relational yes. as women that we're we're it's all part of it. it there's a reflection of who we really are based on our relationships. Well, and, that's so powerful. Yeah, and you know, these girls back on the college campus, they're saying they want to get married someday. Right. Yet the choices they are making now, I don't know that they that anyone is stepping into their life and speaking to them about the choices you're making today are going to impact you for the rest of your life. And I think it's hard for people that age they hear it. I know. I heard it when I was in college. I heard it. I heard my parents say it repeatedly. And somehow it just didn't translate. Mm-hmm. Now, some of that's, you know, we know that the brain doesn't fully come online until about 21 to 23. Right. So right. we know that there's a lot of the, the judgment issues aren't there. The intellect is there, but the abstract reasoning, right. Right. you know, is, is part of the struggle. And so I, I think that I want to bring us back in the next segment, and I want to talk about this whole Empetus, like the like Miley Cyrus, and your awareness and what you see, like what happened in this family, mm-hmm. you know, that this cute little girl turned into this this woman that we don't even know anymore. Mm-hmm. 
and it's very it's very tragic it's very sad and and the way that this our society is is addressing it so I have today with me, I'm so excited to have Erin Smalley from Focus on the Family, and she really focuses on um, youth, on young women, also marriage, uh, family parenting, and she is, gonna, she is a great expert on, on just what we can do with young women, how we can help support them, how we can move them toward the calling God has on their life, how we can continue to support them being who God has called them to be, to value themselves, to love themselves. And so, Aaron, can you just let the listeners know how they might get a hold of you, what, what resources you have on the Focus on the Family website about this? Sure. Um, they can get a hold of me through FocusOnTheFamily.com. Um, Focus has a great resource. It's a 1-800 number. It's 1-800-A-FAMILY. And you can call, and you actually, if you're struggling, if you have a, a daughter that's struggling, a child that's struggling, your marriage is struggling, you can call and get one free session with a Christian counselor over the phone, and they will help you kind of come up with a plan of what you need to do, what's your next step, and also get connected with a therapist in your area, a Christian therapist. Oh, thank you. That is very helpful. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment here on 1360 KPXQ. Well, thank you for joining me today. This is Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt. So glad that you could join me. And we are here today with Erin Smalley, one of our friends from Focus on the Family. And she really specializes. She's kind of the, the spokesperson for the marriage, women's parenting um, department there at Focus on the Family. And I want her to be on the show today to really talk about how over-sexualized our culture is especially um, with young women and how we are engaging young women in just this complete over-sexualized way of interacting and thinking. And we have Miley Cyrus, this wonderful icon that um, gives us a great example of some of what's going on. So, so Aaron, how do sweet girls like Miley become such highly sexualized young women? You know, we talked about it in the first segment a little bit. You know, we have this culture that is very sexualized and you know, this, this pervasive message of, you know, the, this positive image and on and on. And, you know, she came from a family that um, is, is heavily into, you know, entertainment. And, and I don't know necessarily what the messages that she received as far as attention and on and on. But from what I've read, all of this started about two years ago when she did a performance that was pretty provocative. And it, she got a lot of attention for it. And then so she kind of went one step further and another step further. Now, I'm not going to believe for a minute that this happened, you know, kind of in the moment of, oh, hey, I think I'm going to, you know, go down this very sexualized road. It was a gradual, you know, a slow fade of, you know, the choice, you know, made early on and the impact on her heart, you know, possibly the heart began to harden and, you know, she got a positive attention for it. I mean, really, our culture, literally, they are flooding her with millions of tweets and, you know, positive messages all over social media. And so I don't know, you know, as far as her family of origin, where they're standing all this. I've heard different, differing stories, you know, that they were, she was raised in this Christian home, 
yet I'm also, and I'm hearing that, you know, they had to turn the channel when they saw the, the was it the VMA Awards? Yes, yes. And, but yet I'm also hearing that they're accepting of it and that the message that she's receiving is that this is just entertainment. So I'm not sure exactly what went on, but I do know that her heart has been impacted. There's a, it's a callous heart, and to be continuing to make these choices that are impacting her, you know, at, in that I think she's around 21 years old, you know, that later down the road, I just can't imagine what she's going to feel when she wakes up one day and realizes the message that she sent to younger girls um, what she's done to herself individually, just the impact of these choices. Well, and if she has children one day, I mean, it's the same thing Madonna did when she had that horrific, sent out that, that such that pornographic book that she had written and, and um, one of the concerts that she had at the end, kind of the end of her career was some of the most pornographic things she did. And then she started having children and all of a sudden that's not allowed anymore. And she started writing new material and coming against a lot of this stuff as if, as if she had never interacted with any kind of pornographic activity before. And so it's this incongruency that we're seeing. And, and I think, especially with Miley, I want you to talk about this idea because you know, family, family systems, and this need for people at, at, in any level to be seen and especially for children. And, and it's kind of like, it sounds like I'm seeing with her, she's just glad to be seen. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. Completely. Completely. And I think, you know, take it back to your own situation, your own family. And, you know, it is, there's such an important balance while raising kids, especially girls and, and boys as well. But I can see it so much in my daughters. They need to have relationship with me and my husband. My husband plays a major role in their life, their daddy, that he's giving them positive messages about who they are, who they are as a person, and also their beauty. And, you know, that he's sending the message, you know, teaching them, you know, where true value comes from, true beauty comes from. And then as a mom that, you know, I'm speaking into their lives and modeling how to be a real woman. Because I think our culture has so confused what a real woman is. So I think with that is a relationship, but then it also has to be balanced with this discipline, especially growing up, that they need to know that, yes, we have relationships. But this is also balanced with healthy discipline and loving discipline. And I think that's part of what it sounds like her family is struggling to do is maybe they don't want her to feel bad. They don't want to shame her. They don't want to end the relationship. They don't want to. And so instead of like intervening and saying, this is not you and we value you and we love you. And there are so many other ways to get attention that are so much more worthy of you you know, instead, it's all getting watered down, and everyone's like, "Well, you know, let's 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 um, let's generalize it, let's justify it, let's rationalize it. It's just entertainment." And if it is just entertainment, Aaron, you and I both know why is that entertainment? Why is that entertaining? Yes, that's another whole problem that exactly we, that we have. I mean, I'm just going to say, even researching about this whole area of what's going on with Miley Cyrus, I didn't really know what was going on, right? Because I haven't watched those programs in quite some time, right? Exactly. But even researching it, the pictures that are tied to her for the rest of her life, exactly, are pornographic, exactly. And you know, it really is bothersome. And what is this? How is this going to impact her? You know, later on, like you said, with having children, getting married, I mean, suddenly down 
maturing, I mean, just profound. And as a mom, I know as your as my daughters have aged, and you know, my oldest is 21. She actually started her; it's her first day on the job as a, a nurse um, today. And you know, our roles shift as parents as they go to college and you know step into adulthood. Our roles do shift, and so I understand the difficulty that her parents must be going through, that they want a relationship with her, right? yet someone, mom, dad, someone has to speak truth to her. And, you know, and I found different ways of doing this with especially my oldest daughter, you know, just asking flat out, you know, would you be open to my thoughts or my opinions? You know, would you be open to hearing how I could see this playing out for you? And, you know, more of a trusted, guided counselor exactly. versus, you know, I no longer can put her in time out, you right. know, right. take her car keys away. Right. But that's why it's so important to be doing the things you're doing within the home while you still have that influence, because it does change. Well, I think it always comes down to relationship and, and the breakdown of a relationship. And, and it's like one of the most important things we can speak to a person about is who we see them to be and who they are. And, and for Miley Cyrus, it's now, now it's become sexuality is really her only identity, mm-hmm. which is limited. It's a part of our identity, a very significant part of our identity and a part of our identity that needs to be held as sacred and protected. And we are somehow doing everything upside down and backwards right now. So, well, okay, Erin, I have you for a whole nother half hour, so I'm so glad. So, listeners, please join me in the next um, segment with Erin Smalley from Focus on the Family. And she's a spokesperson for marriage, the marriage department, parenting, and women's issues, and, and really speaks about this um, dynamic with young women and the over-sexualizing of our young women and the aggression that we are seeing in, in a lot of their behavior and somehow giving them the impression that this is a safer, easier, faster, more convenient way to live. And so this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. See me on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com if you've not been able to hear the show in its entirety. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I'm so glad you joined me today. And if you are just joining in, I want to encourage you to visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that's spelled C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com, and you can listen to the show in its entirety. I have with me today Erin Smalley from Focus on the Family, and she is really the, the kind of the go-to person there for marriage, women's issues, parenting, and really working with young women and just this whole over-sexualization of our young women. So, Erin, please give people um, the information that you gave earlier on in the show because it was some great information for young women. Sure. Um, FocusOnTheFamily.com is the main focus website. Lots of great information on FocusOnTheFamily.com. But then also a great resource that Focus offers is a 1-800 number that can put you in touch with a Christian counselor, um, 1-800-A-FAMILY, F-A-M-I-L-Y. And really, they will, they'll talk with you about what's going on, set you up with a plan 
and then um, help you find a Christian counselor where you live. We have resources all over the country and really get you going on a healing process. That's awesome. So we were talking a little bit off air about this whole idea of women and how we kind of, what I'm seeing is we're not really supporting each other like we should be or maybe have in the past. Mm -hmm. And we're actually, I'm seeing women encourage other women to step out even farther sexually than they might be comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of becoming our own enemies. I couldn't agree more that there is, you know, as women, we do have a competitive nature mm-hmm. towards each other. And I it, I did some research on this and found out that this actually started back in the caveman days. Wow. That as we were, as the women back then were pursuing the greatest mate to continue the, the legacy of um, the genealogy on, they would compete over the best man. And so that kind of started it all, and it has gone over the, the generations to today that we continue to compete with each other. But I think also when we have an experience that, you know, causes us to feel shameful, causes us to feel, you know, possibly, you know, not okay, our hearts start to harden, deaden, we start making poor choices, that then it's easy to want to influence others to come alongside of us. We see this a lot with you know, divorce, that typically when I have a friend that I think, you know, no way would I ever expect her marriage to break up, I I soon find out that there's a close friend of hers that may have been through a divorce that kind of says, come come over here, let me tell you how great this is. And, you know, whatever the scenario, you know, whether it's sexualization, divorce, you know, whatever, drugs, there is the influence that we need to be aware of, and how are we influencing? Are we influencing women for good, or are we, we bringing them down? And, you know, just it's a, it's a good thing to step back and evaluate, you know, what impact am I having, and is it the impact I really desire to have? I think that's really well said because, you know, every woman rem- remembers and knows when they went out the Friday night, if they were in college, if they were in their 40s, if they were in their 50s, whatever it was, they went out, they, quote unquote, got crazy, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a blast while they were doing it and they were out of control. And they were doing stuff and they were laughing and joking and just really giving in to, you know, not not being completely in charge of themselves and how great it was until the next morning. Exactly. And, and you know, it's like it's this fascinating thing about our brain. It just really does not learn that pleasure doesn't work. It doesn't learn. It will. I tell clients this all the time. I'm like, I'm sorry, but our brains do not seem to learn that one. It just keeps thinking if we do it differently this time, it'll work. Yes. And we have to really be friends and and helpers of one another to say, you know, listen, I get it, but you are not going to be happy tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And in the long run, you're not going to get the man that you really want to be having. Yes. I, I could not have said it better. Thus, it is so important as our girls are growing up to help them make good choices in friends. I know my my daughter who's 18, she really, she's more introverted, so she doesn't have a ton of friends, but I am so thankful. Her very best friend, they have this thing that when one of them is interested in a guy that is not, they, they know what they're interested in, but then they're both interested in good, godly guys. And so if one of them says, hey, so-and-so asked me out, and, you know, I'm trying to decide if I should go out or not, they'll, they stand up to each other, and they let each other do that. 
And I so admire it because it has made all the difference to keep each other accountable from going down these disastrous roads that at the time seem appealing and seem like, oh, maybe he'll change or maybe I'll influence him. That's not going to ever happen. The truth is that uh, good will never influence bad as much as bad influences good. That's very well said. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment with Erin Smalley from Focus on the Family. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and I want to remind you to always visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and again, that's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com, especially if you are just tuning in now and didn't get to listen to the entire show. You will really not want to miss this show. I have with me today from Focus on the Family, Erin Smalley. And she has a master's degree in clinical psychology as well as being a labor and delivery nurse. And so she really has a handle on just marriage, parenting, children, families, and what's really the heartbeat of what's going on with our kids today. And so I really like talking to her about the young women of our of our world, of our country, and the support that they need in being truly light bearers and the young women that God has called them to be. And and I want these young women, Erin, like you and I were talking about, to get to their 30s and 40s and not have trauma from what they did in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Amen, Cynthia. <laughs> All I can say, you know, truly that, you know, we can, as moms, as aunts, as friends, as sisters, we can root each other on to, you know, to make good choices, to, you know, one of the big things that, we can, you know, even at a young age, you know, help them start, help these young women start differenti- differentiating between positive attention and negative attention. Absolutely. You know, because the girl that comes in with a low-cut shirt, you know, in seventh grade is going to get a lot of attention, but is that positive attention or negative attention? And helping our girls really differentiate between that is good. But, you know, then we have to, as moms, model what, what you know, modesty looks like, what purity looks like. Often when we're encouraging our girls or permitting our girls to behave or dress in ways that, you know, really aren't modest or really in their best interest, often often it's coming from our own wounds as moms. And so continue to strive to be healthy as moms. You know, I think over and over again I'll think, oh, I've dealt with that issue, and, you know, lo and behold, there it is again. Oh, isn't that, isn't that the worst? It is. And then, you know, <laughs> but God continues to use yes. it to, you know, just continue to heal wounds at different levels. So, so important, you know, encourage your, your girls, you know, from, I mean, even before they go to kindergarten, talk to them about making friends with qualities that they, friends that have qualities that they admire, and help them to recognize that whoever you're hanging out with, whoever is in that inner circle, I call it basket number one, um, mm-hmm. that really those are the that's who you're going to look like you know so choose wisely who is going to be in your inner circle because that if whoever that is that's who you're going to end up being the most like that that's really well said and i think that that is one of the most important things that we want to focus on is this idea of 
you know, like when you when you talked about the, gr- the little girl in seventh grade that walks in with a low cut, yeah, she's going to get the most attention, right? And she's going to get a lot of pursuit from men. Yeah. But you know, I I can't tell you how many times I tell clients during the day. I say, you know, traditions are oftentimes traditions because they work. Not because they just are a hard line that somebody wants to be a killjoy. Traditions just work. And so there is this tradition. There is this enduring issue that men do not value anything they don't work for. Mm. That is just a male thing. They need challenge. They need adventure. They need success. And if they don't work for that woman at some level, Mm -hmm. they don't see her of any value. That, again, you could not have said it better. That <laughs> yeah, is so because, true. And it's I'm, hard to help women understand that without thinking it's about being, it's playing hard to get. It's not playing hard to get. Right. It's your own value. Do you value you? Yes. And are you willing to sit home alone on a Saturday night because you want to be treated well? Mm-hmm. Or are you going to give out on that Saturday night because you simply want to be loved in that moment? Yes, that is so true. You know, and that's something that we have to teach our girls early on is where true value yes. comes from. You know, in First Peter um, 3, it talks about your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles, wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. Wow. And, you know, just look at Scripture, all about where value and character um, come from. And we need to send that message to our girls about, yes, you know, you're a beautiful person externally, that your true value and beauty comes from internally, and that God sees the heart. Man sees the outer appearance. God sees the heart. And we need to, you know, counteract the culture's influence by placing more value on the message that God is sending about the beauty of their heart. Well, that is so well said because, you know, the beauty outside can only go so far. This is why Miley Cyrus has to go to more and more lengths to get attention physically. You know, and when it doesn't mean that we're doing this either or like we're trying to have we're be, be Amish people or n- nuns. Right. Totally. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, when God created women, that was the crowning glory of everything. And so he was so happy and proud that he created a woman so beautiful. And so it's important for women to understand that when we are focusing on our external beauty, that's a great attractor. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to put on the best to get right. the best. Right. But if I don't have the internal value to sustain it, I won't be able to require that they continue to value me. Mm. And that's I work with women all day teaching them, how do you require that people value you? And one of the best ways is to value yourself. Once I value myself, I know if I'm being devalued. It's, if I don't even value myself, I don't even know I'm being devalued. Yep. And I, I often say, you know, that's the message, those messages that we have playing in our head that often we're not even aware of. You know, we cannot get away from them. Thank you for bringing those up. Those you know, they're yes. in. We can't get away from us, and often we are our own worst enemies. Exactly. And so we're trying to f- to fix the outside world to stop those messages internally. Yeah. Like if we're feeling ugly, then we want to go out and get attention and go, wow, now I got all this attention, so I guess I'm not ugly. Right. It doesn't last. No, it's fleeting. Yes. And that's, you know, in Proverbs, it talks about charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And, and I th- see, those know, verses, I think, are so powerful and so timeless, yeah. but they're so hard to translate to young women today. Yeah. You know, we, we regularly, my husband has been so good with this, that she, he, when she comes home with, you know, she came home in seventh grade 
and said that this this boy got mad at her. So he literally looked at her and said, you are ugly. You will never be a good wife. <gasps> and, you know, you're controlling or something oh, like my, that. In seventh grade. Seventh grade. So she came home with this message and we saw it. Right. And my husband, I was. I'm always say to my girls, I'm so thankful for that they have a daddy like they do because he steps in, he a talks to her about what was said to her and where does you know how does this impact her because she's not aware you know she's thinking it's going in one ear and out the other but it, it doesn't it gets written on our hearts and so he sat with her with the Bible which sounds so you know cliche but he did he said let's look and see what God says is really true about you. But then he doesn't just leave it there. He takes them to the next step of saying, now I want you to pray and ask God what is true about you. And amazingly, the Holy Spirit just speaks and confirms and brings peace about what the truth is. Because, you know, the truth will set you free. And I would much rather know the truth. And if the truth is, is that, you know, that it's, you know, something negative and something you know, that I didn't know was there. I'd rather know that so I can deal with it. Right. But I want to know the truth because that is what true freedom is. See, I think you really brought a really good point home to actually to all of us in general. And that's that we sometimes forget that really the God that lives in us wants to answer our questions. Yes, he does. And that we have it available all the time. And we have a tendency so often to go outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. to get all that, those answers, that feedback, that reinforcement, that you know, convincing instead of just saying, I'm going to first ask God about me. Mm. And when I do that, then I might ask people outside of me, but I want to at least have a frame of reference yes. from the source, from the real truth, from the, the, real truth. the author that created me. Mm. And I think that's really compelling to really encourage people, especially to encourage our young people to get in the habit of doing that. Yes. Yes. Otherwise, they're turning to the world as Miley Cyrus has yes. received, you know, a million tweets that that somehow is positive and, you know, that she's valuable, but really it's fleeting. And, you know, to teach our girls, you know what, there's more to life than being popular. There's more to life than getting, you know, negative attention and, you know, to really, truly step back and, you know, get the attention of our creator. I think, you know, when I, when we were talking about this whole, when you were talking about that and this whole Miley Cyrus, you know, all that attention, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was in a treatment center in Santa Fe a couple of years ago and I was talking to a young man there who was just, oh my goodness, you know, drugs and struggling with his gender, you know, whether or not, you know, struggling with his sexuality. Right. And he was, you know, with men and boys and girls and twos and threes. I mean, it was just, and I said to him, really profoundly. It was totally the Lord. And I said, you know, you are too valuable to live this recklessly. And I say to clients so frequently, I'm like, you know, you don't four wheel drive a Lamborghini. It might survive it and you could probably fix it back up, but it's, you know, a $250,000 car. This is not a Chevy. You know, you're, you are not a Chevy. That's right. (laughs) And it's like, we are treating ourselves as if we are you know, and we are so reckless with who we are and how valuable we are. Mm. It's so true. And, you know, I think that's a message that they have got to get from the time they come out of the womb, you know, that you are so valuable. Yes. And, you know, don't take it to the side of, you know, you know that we're raising these little narcissists that, you know, truly that they their value 
comes from who they are in the Lord. You are made in his image. You are precious in his sight. You know, and to teach them to turn towards him to get those affirmations and the value that we can we can compliment them we can compliment their outer beauty but focus more on their inner character see that that i think is when we teach people value it's like I, you know i give people this this uh, analogy i'm sure you've heard this analogy of the 100 dollar bill you know it's worth 100 dollars so uh-huh. if i crumple it up it's still worth 100 dollars mm-hmm. if i spit on it it's still worth 100 dollars if it's in a dumpster <laughs> I'd probably try to dig it out, <laughs> clean it up, right? <laughs> still $100. Yeah. You know, if it was used to buy drugs, if it was used at a strip club, it's $100. Right. So I say to people, when God talks about the outer things, like in terms of or our character, he's saying, this is how valuable you are. That does not change. Mm-hmm. Where you've been, what you've done, how dirty it's become does not decrease your value. So People have a tendency to think that when God is pointing out those negatives, mm-hmm. that it's an attack on who we are. When God is saying, no, I'm just trying to say that's not who I created you to be. It's right. not a slam about who you are. Right. Well, we have about one minute left. So any parting words of wisdom and certainly tell us again how to get a hold of you. Oh, absolutely. My parting words of wisdom would be hang in there with your daughters. Yes. Don't throw the towel in. You know, it's hard and I have been there. It through some hard times, and just hang in there with them. Turn toward the Lord. He will give you the strength and the courage. And remember, He loves you with an everlasting love. You love that child He gave you with an everlasting love because He will never leave you nor forsake you. And, you know, that's my my motto. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so if you need help with this, call 1-800-A-FAMILY. And there's godly men and women who will meet you, licensed counselors, who will meet with you one time on the phone and set you on a pathway to healing and pursuing relationships that you desire. Wow. Thank you so much, Erin. I really enjoyed having you on the show today. Great. Thanks for having me. Well, you were very helpful. And listeners, please remember that you can go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and that is C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com, and listen to the show in its entirety. All of you parents, sisters, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, really helpful to hear this show and to also take advantage of what Focus on the Family has worked so hard on in terms of pulling together information and resources for us in a very tumultuous world that we're living in to be able to help the people in our lives that we love so much and support those people that we love so much. So God bless you in your week. Again, visit uh, the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and Facebook. Like my Facebook page on Cynthia Hyatt, Inc., that's INC for Incorporated. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Motivating and inspiring to you. We'd like to remind listeners that this show isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can hear a replay at any time at FaithTalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.